Hello, everyone in the podcast universe. This is Gayish. The podcast that beats off all the gay stereotypes. <laughs> with a stick? <laughs> nope. Or... With, with our mouths. <laughs> I think it's just a blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> with our talking. <laughs> I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Guest. And we're here to bridge the gap between sexuality and actuality. Today we're going to talk about safe spaces? Yes. We're going to talk about safe spaces. Okay. Are you going to dive right in? Mouth first? Just muff dive. Because we're gay-ish. Into, oh, okay. Uh, you, can, you can have the muffs. We're going to put some tongue to the carpet and <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> that's not part of... That's not a safe, a safe space. We're not talking about vaginas. Yeah, why are we talking about safe spaces? This came up, um, like... I feel like we were walking down the sidewalk and we, saw the sticker. Yep, like, we were... It was the middle of the day... <laughs> During the week. Were we sober? Yeah. Okay. Weird. Unfortunately. <laughs> were we? <laughs> I, I love that that's like a maybe, maybe not kind of, kind of a proposition. I'm not sure. I know we had just gotten coffee and we were walking by a coffee shop and it had a safe space uh, sign on it. Oh yeah, it looks like a, um, I'm going to draw in the air with my fingers because it makes great radio. Yep, everyone uh, will know exactly what you mean. Uh, it looks like a, like a, like a sheriff's badge, but with a rainbow background and says safe space on it. That, that sticker. Like, we'll get, yes, that's the one we saw. Okay. We'll get to that. Okay. In the coming hour. Sorry, I didn't mean to fuck up your program. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, because that's actually an interesting part about it is what does it look like? Um. That didn't sound like the great teaser that I wanted to drop. <laughs> I need to come up with a better teaser. Are there aliens among us? <laughs> the answer. After the break. <laughs> um, that was Marty. Yeah, that was... Uh, we, we do something for your brothers once every episode. I know. So, yes, we're going to talk about safe spaces. So, But before we do, are there, like, corrections? No, I was on my game last time. Just getting things correct. I, I only asked questions, so I wasn't. I didn't need to. Okay. All right. Do you have anything? Were you pleased or not pleased to receive snowballs from my mom? <laughs> <laughs> to clarify, <laughs> um, your mom walked up to me and was like, I have a gift for you. Mm-hmm. And she got me like a packet of the hostess like snowballs mm-hmm. <laughs> which was hilarious and i th- I think snowball if, if there's one takeaway from that episode it's what the word snowball means mm-hmm. 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 um and i love your mom's explanation of everything yeah and the very very best part i think i haven't told you this yet is uh uh later after the dust settled the next day you texted me you're like oh fuck i left your my left my snowballs at your place mm-hmm and I was like, well, one of them is gone. And then you, you, you texted back, I will kill whoever ate it. <laughs> and then not five minutes later, mom came out of the bathroom, walked down the hallway, took the other one and ate it. So, <laughs> so mom ate them. She gave them to you and then ate them. Did she eat the other one? Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, that's fine. I just, <laughs> I, I just thought it was a random drunk person at your place that was just like, ooh. I mean, that would be the usual suspect yeah, for yeah. anything that happens yeah, around yeah. here. Do you have any anything that you wanted to? I just got to say, I really appreciate your editing work because that was like three hours of shit that you somehow cut down into a cohesive, <laughs> we sounded pretty together episode. And I like that was great. Um, I, it, 
I might need to just save all the shit we cut. Like, I try to make us less racist and less, like, like I, I try to make us, like, sound like we make sense. Hmm. But we do not always sound like we make sense. So, if if anyone thinks we have, like, at least a tiny minutia of intelligence, it's not real. It's all a facade. I will also say, I'm a little torn because, on the one hand, We've learned some lessons about recording the podcast, and mm-hmm. we record now an hour and a half, two hours, at, with the goal of making it an hour-long episode. The first several episodes was basically exactly as it happened, us just sitting down and recording shit. Yep, and then, we talked for an hour, and then we were like, well, we're done now, because yep, it's yep, been an hour. Yep, and then like episode four or so, then we started like, you, not me, I don't do shit, like, you, you started... <laughs> condensing it and cutting parts out then so we we started having quite a bit more material than makes the episode but usually by a factor of like 30 or 40 percent right like an hour episode would be maybe an hour and a half of us sitting around and bullshitting but with mom here there was like three hours of (laughs) shit that you somehow made into a normal sized episode you i i think after the episode after we were done recording you, I realized before we started, you were like, should we eat dinner first or record first? And we made the fatal decision of like, <laughs> we're going to sit around and record and drink before <laughs> eating dinner. And little did we know that would turn into three hours of drinking without having eaten dinner. And then we just didn't eat dinner. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And just kept the drinking going. We need to figure out the um, cost benefit analysis on how many, how many beverages to have before we, we, record because well people were angry at the beer episode because we weren't drunk enough by the end yeah so i had a fraternity brother that wrote in and said you guys should do century club hundred club that's for a hundred minutes hundred minutes but start recording at minute 40 so that we just get to hear the end precisely because like you sounded way too put together well i even said in that episode i was really disappointed at how <laughs> i was like way too put together for ha- for what i just drank which makes me think that i might be an alcoholic i for sure okay yes (laughs) but that's the way we get along i think it's an enabling kind of a relationship yeah it's great i definitely think that we should keep that on the back burner for an idea for a future episode but wait until we have a production assistant that can keep us on track because it is the blind leading the blind at some point. No, I think that's what people want. I think that's what they were expecting. The shit out of show? The beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, do, I don't mean, I don't want them to like keep us on track. I don't oh. want them to like alter what we say. I want them to pour the shots and then make <laughs> it and like put them in our face at the right moment. Gotcha. Uh, you know, I, I think that, that uh, I mean, we're obviously hilarious. So it'll be fine no matter what we do. You don't listen to us as much as I do. And I hear all the shit we say when we're too drunk. And it's we're, we might be less funny than we think. Mm. Well, good job at finding <laughs> pearls among the swine. No, that's not the saying. What's the saying? Finding the pearl necklace? Yes. Um, <laughs> among the twinks? It, <laughs> it comes out. You bite the end off and squeeze it. And, you know, cream filling everywhere. Yep. Okay. All right. Are you ready to talk about safe spaces? No. No. Okay. No. Okay. So I so the two things, two things that I forgot. There's no way to make this sound natural. So I, like, I'm fucking myself in the future mm. because I'm going to be episoding, I'm going to be editing this episode. And 
somebody said that our episodes keep getting better, which I appreciate that feedback. That's fantastic. And they were so much easier when we didn't care as much and they weren't good. Like when we just sat down and pushed record and then bullshitted for a while. And then hit publish. Yeah, and then hit publish. It was, you know, and, but now the pressure's on. Yeah, this optional thing that we've decided to do is becoming so much work, Mike. <laughs> what are we going to do? Get super famous. Yep. <laughs> and uh, the, the saying that I couldn't come up with a little bit ago was pearls before swine. Oh, you uh, you pretty much said that. Yeah? You had the nouns basically in the right order. Yeah, okay. Right nouns, right order. Yeah, pearls before swine. I've never heard that. That doesn't... That doesn't... I think it com- it's from the Bible, which is why you know all about it. <clears throat> and uh, I think it's to give something of great value to someone who can't appreciate it. Mm. Which is our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, You're welcome, world. <laughs> if I talk shit about the audience, do you think that that would get us better ratings? I can't tell. Like... Like, if I said, like, you lazy fuckers, go and rate us on iTunes. We need that shit. (laughs) It's like, you know, getting choked during sex. Like, maybe a little bit of violence goes a long way. (laughs) (laughs) Less is more. You can't kill them. Like, you can't choke them so hard that they die, because that's a crime. But, like, just enough. Ooh, that orgasm feels smooth. So what I'm saying is yell at them some, but don't. You know, call... it has to be the right amount of abuse. the right amount. I'll I'll be. You can be. Oh, we can do good gay, bad gay. I'll be. I'll be good. We love you. You're you're amazing, incredible people, and your heart is just filled with gold and happiness. Go fuck yourselves, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Great. This has been the segment where we talk to our audience. Great. Now we can talk about safe spaces. We talked about safe spaces a little bit. What is your understanding of what that means? Although I promised you that I would do no research because you clearly wanted to do all of the research and I'm just, I'm a giver that way. Um, I love that you do all of the work for this and I just show up <laughs> and, and, and behold my, my brilliance. Um, my understanding of safe spaces is that it is a indicator that this area, whatever it may be, a building, a room, a corner, I don't, I don't know, is a place where homophobia and intolerance, intolerance in general, homophobia specifically, are not allowed. That it is forbidden, that it is a place where you can go and be free of that kind of discrimination, intolerance, etc., and I think that's a totally fair assumption, and that's what I assumed, and it's close. But it's not exactly. But I'm wrong. Well, <laughs> no, I, uh, I wanted to ask you that, because that's pretty much the same thing I assumed about them. It had a rainbow on the sign. It's so rainbowy. <laughs> that's got to mean they loves the gays. Mm-hmm. I thought, in all honesty, when I decided to do this topic for this episode, I thought I was going to... <laughs> didn't know what i was getting myself into i thought i was going to go find the organization that does safe spaces and find out why they do it and what it means and then i would tell you about it and then we would smile and drink and that's not what ended up happening so uh, where you drinking check drinking check smiling eh. medium (laughs) 
Um, research, though, lots more than I expected. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay. I'll just go ahead and let you know what I learned when I was researching safe spaces. It is not as consistent as organized as I had expected. So before we get to that, I wanted to figure out where safe spaces came from. And there are a few different things uh, that people say of where they came from. Um, the kind of most common one, the easiest one, um, that kind of matches what you would think is two places in the 1960s with the feminist movement of um, groups that would get together and want to escape the misogyny um, of everyday life and kind of form social um, consciousness groups where they get to have these kind of free thinking discussions. Um, I can tell this is going to be complicated because nothing simple came out of the 60s. <laughs> that's true. This Yes, there's that's that's totally fair. You're right. You're right on with that. Um, the other place, you know, is in specifically around uh, gay people is coming from like the gay bars or, um, you know, places where gay people would try to escape the persecution, the sodomy laws that were in place. It was assumed that safe spaces like bars, gay bars, you're kind of free from the law. You get to be okay with, okay, we're going to fuck up the butt and, or, you know, talk about gay shit. Free from the law, not free from sodomy. <laughs> no, no, no. You go there for the sodomy. That's why you're there. Um, but then I kept researching there. Other um, people that talk about it actually originated even earlier than that. Than um, the 60s? Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> there's, when I was researching this, there's so many paths that I, like, I started getting lost down these paths of, like, Wikipedia and research studies and all this. So I... When, know, did, when did Trump voters start being dicks about it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust you of editing of, like, you gotta cut out the... Do you... We haven't talked about this. Do you know why I feel so strongly about not talking about politics and Trump? Yeah, you're a pussy. And I want people to grab me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I think I, uh, when I was in college, mm -hmm. I think it was my freshman year. Oh, when you thought you were straight and a Republican? Yeah, I voted for Bush. Mm -hmm. And just because someone is Republican or votes for a Republican Party doesn't mean that you know, we should exclude them from all this. And in fact, these topics may be more applicable for people who don't feel like they fit in with the gay mainstream, you know, the liberal, the democratic views. So I want people to feel like they can listen to us regardless of who they are or who they voted for. And even if we disagree with them on politics, you know, it may be they came from a household that was Republican and that those are their beliefs. Or maybe they truly believe in the Republican you know, most of their stances. And even though we don't think that's, even though we have different beliefs, they may identify with pieces of this. So I, I want to be able to reach people that are not the stereotypical gays. And in fact, I think that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I get that. And I, I don't disagree with you. And I'm, I think we're hard pressed to separate the politics from this one a little bit because the alt-right who arguably had a major role in getting Trump elected has made such a big deal of safe spaces that it is the place where all you liberal fragile snowflakes go because you aren't real people and you aren't the real America and you have to retreat to your little haven filled with puppies. And I just, I feel 
you're you're right. I I think that I want to reach those people somehow that are savable, that are in the middle, that might be convinced, that are interested in learning something, that are interested in maybe mollifying their their stances on these issues. And it's really unfortunate for them that our president doesn't represent them in a lot of ways, that there is this far-right, alt-right, fake news, brainwashing horseshit that got him elected, and safe spaces was one of their targets, right? Like, oh, you liberal snowflakes, you've been triggered, so you have to go to your safe space. And See, I don't... I mostly agree with what you said. I just don't like the word that the way that you said it. No, the word you chose was people that are savable, which that to me sounds like it's you think you want to switch people to your beliefs. Oh, okay. No, you're right. And and uh, I I mean savable in the sense that they aren't what I think is the hopeless far right. Okay, anybody who, anybody who prima facie thinks that safe spaces are bad because they are liberal and look no further into it than that fuck those people right in the ass with a barbed penis like a cat but my view of safe spaces has changed since doing this research go for it so i don't know i feel like i got you off track yeah yeah we we are on track but that's fine um so um the theories are either came from the feminist movement in the 1960s or from gay people wanting a place like a gay bar a haven to kind of be able to be themselves and um without fear of reprisal right of of any kind which that worked well that was sarcasm because police went into gay bars and got shit got crazy so you know (laughs) effectiveness questionable but yes that's the goal of that safe space Mm -hmm. and understandably so because if you're afraid that being who you are is punishable by law then you need a space like that where it's like you actually can be yourself here and we will not punish you by law. That's what I wish people that were against safe spaces realized that that's one of the origins of safe spaces. Hmm. It's not that we're so touchy-feely and we can't deal with the real world. It's that in the past, being yourself gets you thrown in jail or murdered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And finding a place that says, hey, guess what? We're not going to murder you. That's really important. And that's why we need safe spaces. When you're in a place of privilege, equality is threatening. And I think that for a lot of people, safe spaces is implying that everywhere outside of that is unsafe. I want to talk about this later. Because I, like, I want to, I think the discussion of what safe spaces are, I think that's going to come later. I will shut up now. Shut your mouth. <laughs> no, no, because uh, there's like a lot of background that I want to talk about. And like that, this is it leading into the more modern discussion of current safe spaces. But there's like background. I want to talk about. So in the 60s, it started because ladies were like, we're ladies. And gays were like, we're so gay. And they wanted a space. Great. <laughs> to- totally PC summary. Um, but then there are people that actually say it started before that. So um, some people say that. Um, so there's, there's this psychologist, Kurt Lewin, who in the 1940s, so earlier than, you know, people say about the feminist movement, um, uh, had to do, uh, research into, uh, help develop, uh, leadership training for corporations. Mm-hmm. And so out of the research that he did came 
um, the invention of sensitivity trainings, and it was the idea of in a group, in a group in the workplace, by establishing that place as a safe place, which means, you know, this word can mean a thousand different things now, meaning a safe place to freely express your ideas and people will take it as you are earnestly trying to help the situation and not be offensive. You know, people will take that as like, oh, let me listen to you and respect your feedback. And even if it sounds a little bit offensive or even if it accidentally comes across bad, people are taking your comment as something that is trying to be helpful. And that, that's where the the um, trope of the redheaded bitchy girl from HR or the sort of tubby effeminate guy from HR stands at the front of the room and, this, and says, this is a safe space. Yes. Like, he doesn't have a sticker with a rainbow on it, but that phrase, this is a safe space that's meant to encourage dialogue. Right. Bring whatever you're going to bring. We're going to let you say that. Exactly. And now, I think when you see that now, you think, that's dumb. We're in a one-hour HR seminar. Like, I don't. I don't need this to be a safe space. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to listen to you talk. In fact, none of you fuckers say anything. <laughs> don't ask any questions. This will be a 20-minute meeting if you all just shut the fuck up <laughs> so I can get back to my desk and look at Facebook. Thank you. Exactly. But I think at the time, the research that he did was really impactful in corporations um, and uh, helped leaders that were trying to be more effective at leadership get feedback, get honest and genuine feedback that could help them improve. So then since then, like after that first happened, then it started to, it was kind of this, you know, things spread through corporate America, like these trends and new ideas, and it kind of spread through corporate America. You're um, right. Corporations ruin everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's not... <laughs> No, I'm just saying, like, you know, when a, when new research, like, oh, did you know that... You no, know, you're right, PwC Kyle, this was, this was did... your idea, and it, it, it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? No, I don't know. Oh, okay. You know, like, hey, did you know that PwC did this, and it increased the profits by 10%, and then it kind of sparks this wave of other people trying to figure out what they did and incorporate it, and so it kind of promoted this spread of, you know, the idea of a, 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 a safe space. That is actually the origin of safe space. And then what I think um, people did is take it to a little bit of new level. You know, when you're thinking about a gay bar being a safe space, it's, it's not just, hey, this is, you know, freewheeling, free thinking ideas. It's also this is a physical location that we are going to this bar is a safe bar to be in. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think it took it to the another level. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and like a lot of things, the, 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 the terminology came after the thing existed, right? Like, I know that there was a gay scene in late 19th century New York. In 1890s, there were a couple of places that you could go, and they had dances, and there were... One of the partners had to dress up in a dress, but mm -hmm. dudes could dance together. Like, it was a quote-unquote safe space for dude-on-dude -dude action <laughs> be, be, before before such a thing was called a safe space. Mm -hmm. uh, the words came later to describe a thing that already existed, much like yeah. much, much like gay, right? Like, yeah. like we said however many episodes ago that that before there was a gay identity, it was more okay to do gay things. That's because the word gay didn't mean a person exclusively homosexual and all of the cultural accoutrements that come with it. Ooh, I just said a French accoutrement. word. <laughs> <laughs> um, in 1989, mm -hmm. there was an employee resource group. 
that uh, all I could find online is that they worked at a telecommunications company. I couldn't find anything more about what the company was. So it was called Gay and Lesbian Urban Explorers, or GLUE. Um, and they did a uh, diversity training, anti-homophobia workshops, and they passed out the symbol of a triangle, pink triangle with a green circle around it as a representation of, um, hey, allies, wear this symbol to show that you are an ally. Um, and they talked about their trainings. They talked about a safe space program. Wasn't the pink triangle the uh, the sign of um, ACT UP? Yes. The, wow. The AIDS. Look at you. Do that. Yes, it was. Um, and which is, that was kind of surprising to me um, that they used that symbol because, because ACT UP was a little bit more of an anarchist group. They handcuffed their selves, themselves to shit. They blocked the doorway to the FDA, I think, and shut it down for a day. Like, they they were yeah a little bit more like the an extreme group but yeah they used that symbol like the green piece of aids research <laughs> yeah um they used that symbol with a green circle around it to kind of highlight like they're circling it to say um we allies wear this to show your support to show that this is a safe space mm -hmm. um so that is actually one of the first um that i found at least of you know a sticker in a a tangible symbol or logo being used to show that a place is a safe space. It was, um, there's a book that, uh, a lot of people referenced called, uh, changing corporate America from inside out lesbian and gay workplace rights, um, which was written in 2004. And they said that glue this, um, employee resource group was, or in 2004, it is the biggest, uh, LGBT, resource group um in the nation but i don't know if that's still true you know that was 13 years ago at this point it's called glue glue gay and lesbian urban explorers that's fucked up oh don't ask me why i because isn't that also like when you get cum in your eye and your <laughs> eyelid is, is sewn shut because it's glued i've never heard anyone ha just glued you <laughs> i've never heard that but uh, that should have been a word that you gave to me last episode. Yep. So that's where Safe Spaces started. Mm -hmm. So then I was trying to figure out, okay, what is it now? And like I said, when, when I first decided I wanted to do this episode, I thought I would find the Safe Space Organization. Yeah. There is none. Yeah. There is not an organization that controls this, that gives out stickers, that decides what that means. Well, wait, hold on. Mm-hmm. Walking down the street with you when we saw the safe space sticker that looked like a badge with a rainbow that said safe space, somebody made that. Somebody invested time and effort doing the graphic design for that sticker and then gave them to people who said, yes, I want one of those in my window. Correct. And, Mike, it's like we planned this because I actually <laughs> know what that is. No way! Um. So the Seattle Police Department, mm -hmm. there is this gay dude that is a police officer that started this program that is the sticker you're talking about. So it's when you're in one place, one city, and you see the same sticker, then I just started to assume, oh, that's the safe space sticker. But what I didn't realize is, yes, that is one organization, the Seattle Police Department, that does it. And it, 
on college campuses every college has their own program every place has their own like there are tons of different programs that can do this there's no guidelines there's no consistency across them so we just happen to be seeing one program safe space stickers hmm. um, and of course in seattle it would be a thing right yep. like so actually though before we go too much in the the compliments for this program gayish or the safe spaces either one let's not get ahead <laughs> of ourselves on either no this seattle police department program I was trying to figure out what does this mean? Great. Mm. You have a sticker. What do, what does that mean? You can, anyone can order a sticker. Okay. Um, which I get by, if you are a business that orders a sticker and puts it on your window, that's, I, I like that. That's better than doing nothing. That shows me that you at least either respect gay people or want their business enough to make that effort. So it's a good thing. But I did have a little bit more expectations about what that meant for you as an establishment. Um, and what they ask that um, people do is, uh, you know, put that sticker. Um, they have, like, guidelines on where you put it um, on the window. Um, <laughs> what? Stick it where the sun don't shine. <laughs> I mean, my butthole. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, uh, and if there's any victims uh, that enter your place, allow them to remain on your premises until the Seattle police arrive and call 911. That's oh. what they ask of people that have that sticker. And tell your employees to do the same. Oh, okay. But I just had a lot more expectations around what it meant to be a safe space. I'm thinking of this as a place where an LGBT person can go in this establishment and know that it will be hate-free and hate is not tolerated. And maybe even people have gone through training on how to deal with someone who is, you know, spouting hate speech or committing acts mm -hmm. of violence. Mm -hmm. There's no training required. There's nothing. So, yeah, while I don't want to... While I think this is a good program, I just had a higher expectation about what it meant and actually think maybe the next level of this program is that there can be more that can be done to making this sticker have more weight. Interesting. I mean, I see the utility in having a low barrier to entry, right? Like, if you want to not be an asshole and you want people to know that you're not an asshole, or at least you're trying to not be an asshole, having a not an asshole sticker... Great. That I mean, that says that you care enough to say you're trying not to be an asshole. So doesn't that count for something? But, but yes, then, I, I, I agree. That's good. I, but I also worry that people like me have a lot of expectations around what that means. I, that's the biggest thing. Is like, I think it can give you a false sense of security. This doesn't mean that people have been trained on how to deal with someone who's yelling at you for being gay. This doesn't mean that... They do not allow hate speech, actually. Like, you may just assume that someone who gets this sticker probably also doesn't allow people to yell at people. But, like, that's not what this sticker means. So, I, like, my thing is just, I I thought there was, I don't want people to have a higher expectation out of these stickers other than knowing that literally anyone can order it and put it on their window. That that says something different to me than when I thought it did. Hmm. Um, so I, I was trying to find the, like, okay, if there's not one consistent body... Who are at least the top places that have stickers? So a lot of college campuses. Which... That's not like more than a consistent body. 
it's hot, trust me. <laughs> okay, okay. okay. Um, uh, a common one is GLSEN. Um, GLSEN is a national education organization focused on, you know, supporting LGBT youth. GLSEN? GLSEN, yes. I've heard of GLSEN. Is oh, that no. GLSEN? Mm-hmm. Why do people say GLSEN? Because they're incorrect and have not listened to this episode of the podcast. Great. Um, Glisten has a um, a safe space kit where you can order for fifteen dollars um, a like a forty page book on a guide to being an ally, um, uh, and you get ten stickers and two posters with it. So you know, presumably, it'd be for high schools um, to order. And like again, like that's a great thing. I, I I know it's good that they offer those things, but I just thought there was so much more. Like, so a counselor's getting a forty-page booklet that they could have. You can download it on the internet, so you don't need to order this thing to get it. Like, yeah. I, I just I I had higher expectations around what it meant to be to have that safe space and. If just because you received a booklet does not mean you're prepared for a child to walk into your office and say, I've been bullied because I'm gay. Yeah. Yeah. There are plenty of universities that put together comprehensive training that they do for their staff. Uh, a lot of universities also. You're like Once you get past a, a few of the big organizations, universities are a big place that have this kind of safe space idea. Um, and yeah, they do great things. They... They have actual education, training classes they have to go through. Uh, so there are great things about Safe Spaces, great programs out there. It's just I didn't realize they're all independently operating. Mm. And you. so when you see a Safe Space sticker, you have no idea what that really means unless you investigate and inquire. And some are order a sticker from us. Mm-hmm. There's actually an organization called the Safe Zone Project, which found out, figured out what I figured out through this research. And they said, you know, some are great. Some are not so great. Um, They said some of the safe space education is a 30 minute session on LGBT terms, Mm. which that's again, that's better than nothing, but that's not enough for you to now be safe. Like my mom knows what twink means now. That doesn't mean she's (laughs) a safe space. (laughs) (laughs) If you get hate crimed, like maybe don't go to her, like go to the police. Um, so when did safe space become the middle square in bingo? Oh, I thought you were talking about the safe space is my butthole because mm. anyone's welcome <laughs> and you can freely express your ideas. No, it's the safe space because it's empty. <laughs> <laughs> so I think safe spaces have in, even in the past couple years changed in what people perceive them to mean. Um, because I think for a long time, you know, they would be on uh, the door of your counselor's office on a business front, you know, and even though I said that I think there's more we can do, it is nice when walking into a counselor's office, even if they took no training, did nothing, just knowing they were supportive enough to order that sticker and put it up, you know, you do feel a level of, of comfort and at ease. What has happened since then, this is the place where it's hard to get hard not to get political but i think two things have happened one is a fault i will put on the liberals of trying to make everything a safe space which uh, there's this really good new york times article where someone talked about safe spaces um and it she said that that's the logical conclusion of if you establish certain spaces like 
a counselor's office as a safe space, then the logical conclusion is that means other places are less less safe. We need to make them more safe and let's do that. But I think then that gets into this tricky place. Like you can't just proclaim a dorm as a safe place. You cannot, without someone's consent, make a place a safe place. And I think that goes back to the original research that this psychologist did. Um, what was his name? Lewis? We'll call him Lewis. Lewin. <laughs> but we'll call him Lewis because fuck him. <laughs> who is he to tell us who his name is? Um, Lewin. Kyle, this is a safe space. I you can... can call anyone whatever you want to. Thanks, fuck wad. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Wad McPony jerk. <laughs> Fuck Wad McPony jerk. <laughs> the third. Um, so it, I think this goes back to the research that Lewin did. I feel like part of what he was saying is in group dynamics, you can establish a safe space, but it involves like it involves an upfront conversation like with the group participants that have to kind of agree that this is a place where you can openly share ideas and opinions. So you so that's where I'm placing the fault on the liberals of you can't just proclaim a campus as a safe space. That's not how that works. We can say that we want it to be a place that's free of hate speech, that's free of guns and free, like, but, and I guess this goes to, like, you can now get into the definition of what safe space means. So what I mean is, like, there needs to be a space that says, this place, you will not be punished for being gay, because that still happens. There's, even though we have marriage equality, like you said, like, you know, one, four out of every 10 people still doesn't like marriage equality. You Gay people still get bullied, still get murdered more than other people. There needs to be a place that is safe, that people, LGBT people know it is safe for them to be. Yep. Also, we need to work on making every place acceptable for everyone to be. But that's, right. to me, that's different than a safe space. And I think that's the problem when people tried to take that word and turn it into something that it was not intended to be. So, um... All the way back in the 90s, when I was in college, we had these stickers on doors, especially in, like, uh, student life administrators' uh, offices that said safe zone or safe space. And I feel like that concept has been around for a really long time. I don't know if any of your research shows this. I didn't research this. I'm just sort of shooting from the hip here. Pun intended, shooting from the hip. Uh, I think that... Huh? No, that's when I was in the bathroom a little bit ago. This, this is just a, a thought I had. Um, uh, I feel like the... I have no proof. My thought is that the Second Amendment fight is where safe spaces got politicized. Hmm. That I think a lot of... I need to choose diplomatic terms. Shit faces chose... <laughs> to... <laughs> Good job, Mike. That was good. Uh, uh, chose the... So, there were all of these school shootings since Columbine um, and were Sandy Hook, all, all, all of them. You have started seeing these gun-free zone hmm. stickers, declarations, etc. A lot of campuses have said that they are gun-free zones. Now it's, you know, your neighborhood target is a gun-free zone, whatever. <laughs> And I really feel like the Second Amendment nutbags latched onto that, conflated it with the idea of a safe space, 
And now all of it is just this liberal conspiracy to stop normal Americans. <laughs> but I, so am I, I drunk or am I making sense? No, no, no I know what you mean. Um, I also think people took safe space and it's it's kind of, uh, I think the New York Times article said that safe space is essentially like people have taken that to be the real life version of trigger warning, like the physical manifestation of trigger warning. So I do think that people have taken what used to be a, you know, small physical location to have discussions and expanded that to to try to make it into something it's not. The broader a term gets the easier it is to attack. So one of the examples that she included in there was there was a going to be a discussion about rape between two people and someone hearing that there may be, you know, topics that were going to be, I hate this word now, but I'm going to use it triggering for people that have been to, through rape. Wait, why do you hate that word? I, because now it's like trigger warning. I'm going to say the word fuck. Like, I, th I think we're overusing trigger warning. Hmm. Um, and yeah. And so I, people overuse trigger warning and overly rely on trigger warnings and, and expect that now going forward, everyone has to warn me about everything potentially offensive that they're going to say. And I don't like that. Yeah. Um, I think everyone has the right to rec recuse them from a situation that is triggering to them. And the awareness that you are allowed to do that as a person is really important and really good. Mm -hmm. um, and just like a, a lot of the safe space I'm talking about, like, I think the idea that we as a country are trying to figure out how to be more sensitive even if we go a little bit too far, like, that's fine. Let's try to be a little bit overly sensitive rather than what we've done in the past, which is fuck minorities and, like, we're not going to think about them. So I'm, in general, cool with the overextension, the pendulum swinging towards the sensitivity side. But at the same time, I also think uh, people overly rely on and expect trigger warnings everywhere. Yeah, and, and where do you draw the line, I think, is part of the part of the equation there right like literally anything could be a trigger for literally anyone right exactly exactly and and so we clearly can't back ourselves into a corner where we can't say anything joke about anything right mention anything because someone will be offended by it and i think probably talking about baby rape in mixed company <laughs> in a public forum we should not do that does that mean are the babies doing the raping oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah no yeah. they're raping each other oh no interracial baby rape is a thing <laughs> gay interracial gay baby interracial rape. baby there, rape. you asked where the line was <laughs> it's that gay interracial baby rape okay. one of them has a green card <laughs> if they're both white it's fine <laughs> There's where the there's where the line is. You found it. If they were both white, it's fine. That's what you can't say. How did we get to this place that we're at? Where were we? That, okay. Um, okay. There was a discussion between two people that was planned as an event on this college campus, and when one uh, woman heard this, she created a room, a physical space. That would be a place people could go if the words that they were saying got too overwhelming. Um, it, they had Plato. They had counselors that were 
sensitive to these kinds of issue trauma issues they had food and you know it was like a meant to be a comforting place that you could escape to if this event became too triggering okay what if your mom choked to death on play-doh exactly anything could be a trigger <laughs> that's what that's yeah but i was gonna say that i don't know how i feel about this and is this one of those things that goes through? no if we can create a place that if someone who has experienced rape can leave a you know a conversation and and get mental help and relaxation i think that's great that's great because one it teaches people that they can take care of themselves like I was saying before, like you can leave something that is offensive or offensive, offensive, <laughs> offensive or triggering to you and find what comforts you and relaxes you. And that's okay. And it's kind of that, like you're allowed to take care of your mental well-being. And like the episode about depression, we don't talk about mental health enough. And I think people that scoff at someone who's taking care of themselves don't realize how important mental health is. What I don't like, the contrast to that would be someone saying we cannot present this discussion on rape because it may be triggering. That's what I don't like. Mm -hmm. And I actually think that's what more the right wing is saying about like free speech. They're doing they're doing more extreme things. One of the things that I think is valid about that is, you know, is that limiting free speech? So I don't want to limit the discussion about rape. I think it's important. Um, I think we should be able to have hard conversations about that. And also allow people to leave if it gets to be too much. Or we all have to agree up front that we're going to do it in a respectful way and assume positive intentions from people and no one's allowed to be negative about it. What do you think about that that room that someone created? I believe that intent matters. Mm. And the... I completely do as well. We've not we've never talked about this, but Yeah. I, I mean I, I, I think that Everyone who is ignorant but not evil should be given the opportunity to be educated and offered the opportunity to learn about other people's experience. And I grew up in a very, very, very small town. I had never met a black person until I was in junior high. And I, I think that I might have had all kinds of crazy ideas about what it meant to be black and what it meant to be around a black person. And mm -hmm. um, if I had stupid, stupid questions, but they came from a place of wanting to understand and not from a place of wanting to discriminate, that needs to be okay. Mm -hmm. So when you, when you ask, how do I feel about that room? I think it's probably very sweet. Somebody is like, hey, we're going to be talking about rape. There might be people that want to come to this who have been through a rape, which I've never been raped, but I understand is like one of the most violating, horrible, awful things that can happen to a person. That you have to deal with for the rest of your life. Yeah. That if I want to make a place for people who are interested in the topic, but not might not be able to handle it because of their experience to retreat to, that's the sweetest thing ever. Hmm and should be supported and okay. Mm -hmm. I think that the internet has, and, and, and the bajillion cable news channels, have made it so that you can 
only ever be presented with opinions that match your own. Mm -hmm. That media is such that you don't have to be challenged by ideas that don't fit your already pre-existing worldview. Mm -hmm. And when you get into communities like that, that have no overlap with other communities, you forget the ignorance of people not in your community. Mm. And it's not because they're evil. It's because they don't know. Yeah. But you have the illusion of everyone knowing if everyone you interact with is already on board. Yeah. So, uh, and I, that's what I think our podcast is about a lot in part is just, Hey, non-gay people, this is what the gay community is about. <laughs> hey, gay people, this is what the non-gay community is about. The fact that we live in all of these echo chambers has made it really, unfortunately, clear when other people are affronting the norms of our bubble. Like, there are many, many people that I'm related to in eastern Washington that would feel perfectly comfortable using the word tranny. Hmm. And they don't mean a transmission in a car. They mean a, a transgender person. They also might mean a transvestite, which is not the same thing. But they don't know. Can I tell you the best thing that I heard about why not to use that word? Yeah. Uh, actually, same stand-up, Michael Che. Hmm. He said he talked to someone that was trans and said, like, I don't get why that word's so bad. And she said back to him, what if I called you Blackie? <laughs> and he was like, oh, right. I guess I wouldn't like that too much. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although even in that example, to say Blackie, that was something that I named one of my cows growing up because never met a black person. That's a black cow. I named it Blackie. And now looking back at it, I'm mortified that I would have <laughs> used that word so casually or named something that and it's because now i have reference like now i have an understanding outside of what my experience was at that young age in that sheltered world that i lived in you said it really well maybe we should start thinking until we have reason to believe otherwise that everyone has good intentions in mind whether the words specifically sound like they are good or bad let's assume they're a good person that doesn't know and try to talk to them. And if they prove otherwise, great, leave that situation or don't, you know, but maybe you'll change their mind. Yeah. yeah. Assume ignorance, not malice. Yeah. Let's take a break. Let's take a break. We're back. We're back. <laughs> Before we get to our gayest and straightest thing. Yeah. We have some things to say to your ear holes. Our site is gayishpodcast.com, where we post things that we... I I research so much fucking shit, I'm not going to post all this. Maybe I'll post all of it. I'll post some of the stuff that I researched. Yeah, we, we often post things that we've researched there. Um, but if you don't want to go to the website, you can subscribe to us on iTunes and on the Google Play Store. You can find us on Twitter at, at gayishpodcast. We have a Facebook group. It's uh, facebook.com slash groups slash gayish podcast. We also post stuff there. So new episodes, research, uh, behind the scenes. And we want to hear from you. Email us at gayishpodcast at gmail.com. And be sure to rate us. Give us a rating that helps. 
Oh, you were angry. You no, we did. Well, we said that like way earlier. But you, I thought you were gonna be bad cop. Bad cop. Yeah. Bad gay. Subscribe, bitches. Fucking shit. Get off your ass. Press the fucking button. Oh no, I'm good cop. You're good cop. Oh oh, just like it's a it's a fun press of the button. It's sensual. We Mike and I feel it when you press that subscribe button. Fucking subscribe or I'll beat your ass. We feel it right in the clit of our butts. <laughs> It feels and it feels good. Yeah. You you press that. So, this is getting. I'm just gonna stop there. I don't know why. Apparently, I good cop is a is a phone sex operator. <laughs> it might be like slut cop, bad cop, <laughs> the baddest. Bad cop, worst cop. Bad cop, dirty cop. <laughs> Great. Uh, so so gay, gay illustrators this week. Do you want to start? Do you want me to start? You uh, you went first. I'll go first this time. The gayest thing about me is I suck at directions. So oh, we, it's so true. We were we were like uh, eating uh, dinner like five minutes away. Not you, me. I was with my like. Uh, You're cheating on me with some other slur. <laughs> I take improv class, and we were all eating uh, before improv class at this pizza place that was like a two minute drive away from where class is. And I got in someone's car and they're like, wait, where's class again? And I was like, I have no idea where we are. It's either two or 45 minutes away from here. I can't help you. Mm -hmm. Um, And what what I realized is I always identify with, if there's any like studies that come out about the differences between men and women, I always identify with the women one. And directions is one of them. Like it all, it says that women don't typically have good direction. Like that's me. Or, or don't have, like, a natural sense of direction. Um, and, I, yeah. Why but do you have that look in your face? No, I was just wondering if it's uh, true or just uh, sexist. No, no, I mean, like, what I mean is, like, actual studies about the, you know. Yeah, but now you have to post one or you're just a dick. Well, sure, but there have actually been studies about this. Are so, you yeah, sure? yeah, yeah. It's like men have more, like, iron in their nose or something which, help, which helps them be more natural at directions. It's a thing. This sounds like bullshit. Um, the straightest thing about me is I've realized that around you I'm comfortable enough now that I burp. Mm-hmm. L- like, and I, if a burp comes, I don't, unless we're recording, I don't shy away. I try to hide it. I, and actually I try to make it sound like the loudest burp that mm-hmm. I can. And I think that's what people assume straight people do when they're all sitting around with their bros. They're just like farting and burping. And sometimes gay people do that too. We're super bro-y. We occasionally burp. That's so great. What about you? Uh, There was some people smoking pot on my balcony. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were in the dark. And they were like, hey, does this light switch work? And they turned it on and nothing happened. And they were like, hey, why is there no light out on the patio? So I immediately hopped up and got my screwdriver and unscrewed the fixture because it's outside. It's in a rain shield thing. And I undid it and changed the light bulb. And then there was light and I saw that it was good. And I felt like God. <laughs> Some, <laughs> I was sitting inside. I forget who now someone leaned over and was like, did Mike just make that light work? And I was like, yeah. And like, we were very impressed. Like if, if something breaks in my place, I'm like, well, this thing is broken now. So I guess that's what I have to deal with. It's like, broken forever. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't like, I'm not going to call a contractor. So it's just, the thing is 
I was I was very impressed when you like the light didn't work and you did something and then it worked. Well, and maybe this is the strangest thing about me this week. I don't know. It was fucking easy. Like it was a bunch of gays in here. Like if that's impressive, that just says how straight fixing shit is. <laughs> it's and, and just to clarify, it was not like changing light. Like not meaning like you didn't just replace a light bulb. You had to like get in there and do some stuff to make it happen. So that yeah, dark magic, man. Is that like Voldemort? Yeah. Is he straight? He he doesn't have a nose, so he better not be gay or he's just ast- ostracized. But he did put another dude inside him. Oh, that's true. He might be gay. That's true. That's why he and Dumbledore don't get along. It's a gay feud. Wait, but 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 Dumbledore's gay. Yeah, that's what I mean. They're both gay. And it's this gay competition. Oh, he's like a gay Republican. He's like, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm going to vote against all of your rights, but then still blow people in the airport. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, the gayest thing about me this week was mom was, of course, in town this last weekend for Mother's Day. That's why we did the Mother's Day episode. And if, um, so, what does everybody do with their mom for Mother's Day? I took her to a drag show. We went to <laughs> we went to Mimosa's Cabaret up here on Capitol Hill in at the Unicorn, and uh, just the raunchiest, gayest. Draggiest. Drag, draggiest brunch ever. I took my mom to brunch. I would gay drag brunch drag queens gay brunch gay. <laughs> yeah, no part of what you're saying is in any bit straight. Right. Yeah. The unicorn Capitol Hill. Yeah. And I, my mom's gayest thing, I'm sure, this week is that she loved every minute of that <laughs> and thought it was fantastic. So, yep, 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 yep. Uh, so, so that's it. That's it. This has been gayish. Until next week. Yeah, I'm f- fuckwad McPony jerk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm Mike Johnson. <laughs> I was gonna come up with. <laughs> trying to think of what my. I'm Kyle Getz. Uh, be butch. Be fabulous. Be you. See you next week. See ya.